Welcome to the third one, Suck Sophomore Slump, where we rank every record in a discography from first to worst. I'm Dan. I'm Mark. And this city won't let you care for a goddamn thing. What are we listening to today, Mark? Today, we are listening to Pets Hounds, the first studio album by American emo band Pet Symmetry, released on May 19th, 2015, on Asian Man Records in the US and on Big Scary Monsters in Europe, with Evan Weiss on bass and vocals, Eric Zaja on guitar, and Mark Nusio on drums. Pet Hounds was recorded and mixed by Mark Mikulik at Million Yen in Jurassic Studios and mastered by David Dowam at Gradwell House Studios. What is our fan review for this album? Well, Marco, buddy, pal, our fan review this week, our album review, as it were, comes mm. from the punknews.org's comment section. We, ha- we had some problems trying <laughs> to find fan reviews for this, listeners. And it comes from Blackjaw underscore eight years ago, who said... I love IIOI and TTT. This isn't as good, but I'm still really digging it. Reminds me of Hermy Danger a bit. You know, Mark, I here's the thing. I feel like you're incorrect about this being not as good as those other things, Blackjaw underscore. Sure. <laughs> but the Harvey Danger pull, it's kind of on point. It's kind of like Harvey Danger by way of like Ben Gibbard of Death Cab as okay, like a vocalist. Okay. Sure. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it, it's not right. It definitely, some of the music, like that King James version era of Harvey Danger. There's, yeah, it's not a bad comparison. Sure, sure. I mean, like the the power pop overlap is really what is. Yeah, yeah, it, it is doing it. It's like whenever whenever both of those bands lean into that stuff. Yeah, I hundred percent see what you're getting <laughs> for sure. I this usually we have like something sarcastic to say about our, our reviews and. Um, I think there, there, there is Evan Weiss's weakest band. Um, mm-hmm. And that's only just by comparison to his other two, like, major projects is the thing. <laughs> sure. Um, <laughs> like, that, that. that's really just being like, this is the least good version of a thing that I still really enjoy. So, <laughs> whatever. Mark, why are you here? What? <laughs> What's happening? Why are we doing this? I'll tell you why we're doing this, Mark. Actually, uh, it's because... Uh, SAG-AFTRA and the WGA are on strike currently. Yep, sure And are. so, we didn't want to step on any toes by doing our normal bit and talking about movies. Uh, and especially, if you're listening to this close to release, there's a movie that just came out that if you know me personally, I haven't shut up about wanting to see. <laughs> um, and so, we were gonna, you know, We were going to lead off our season talking about that movie. We sure were. We were going to... We we had this whole little ramp up planned. I'm sure those will come out eventually once yep. uh, the strike stuff has resolved. Uh, that's all fine. But just in case you're wondering, hey, you said you'd be back in August, and now I'm listening to you schmucks talk about music? That's why. <laughs> we, we just... We wanted to make sure we came back in August and had some fun shows for y'all to listen to, but also weren't stepping on the toes and we wanted uh, the, like the people who are striking for better working yes. conditions because uh, I feel like if you've listened to the show for more than two seconds, you kind of have a grasp on our politics and where we stand <laughs> on workers' rights. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of info out there and misinfo out there about what podcasters should or shouldn't or can or can't be doing. And we thought we would mm-hmm. just err on the safest possible side uh, and the side that felt the closest to solidarity with the workers who are striking. And just stay away from mm-hmm. it for a while. And listen, we both love yeah. music. It is not a disappointment to be talking about music. What is, as we sort of 
get into this uh what is your like history familiarity why are we doing pet symmetry what's that about uh why are we doing pet symmetry uh i, I really like this band i like basically everything that evan weiss touches i found his stuff in particular uh evan weiss being the person who plays bass in pet symmetry as we say it up top mm-hmm. and then the two other dudes are from a band called dowsing um which i am less familiar with but every time i hear a dowsing song i'm like this rips so <laughs> Uh, it's really just me not going back and filling in that hole in my listening history or whatever else. All that to say, I found Evan through Into It Over It back in like 2012 or some shit. I saw okay. somewhere around that time when Proper came out, whenever that record came out. And I, I fell in love with that record. I was like, holy shit, this is incredible. I need more of it. And then I went back and consumed all of 52 Weeks, uh, which is like a year-long project he did where every week he was going to write and record a song and put it out. And some of them are great. Some of them are, you know, less than great because <laughs> sure, he only yeah. had a, a, a week to work on. And I would really love a repress of those specifically on vinyl. That would be great. Mm. If we could get a 52 weeks repress, this is my, this is my call to action. Uh, <laughs> get it done. Email, call your, call your senators, email them, uh, <laughs> let them know. I need 52 weeks on vinyl. It's for me specifically. Yeah. So then like pet symmetry happened like a year later. And they put out that seven inch of two songs about cars, two songs with long titles, I think is what it's called. And that EP fucking rips. It, it, it's not even EP. It's just a, it's just a single. It's just two songs on a seven inch. <laughs> and both of them are great. They're some of the best like power pop emo songs mm-hmm. that I had heard in a long time. I was like, these are, these are tremendous. I would love to hear a <laughs> from these guys at some point. And then it turns out they, they made one of those. And Mark and I, I think we share a lot of opinions with each other when it comes to like film and television. Like we, yeah. we kind of gravitate towards similar like stuff. A lot of the times, not all of it, obviously we're still our own people somehow, um, despite selling, sharing a single <laughs> brain cell, but like, Musically, we don't overlap as much. No, which made huh? planning for you know this sh- him coming on and doing this version of the show uh, more difficult than when we're pitching movies back and forth. <laughs> and it's usually just like, do, do we want to have fun with these? Okay, do we want to have fun with these? Yeah. Right. Okay. Cool. We don't have as much overlap, but we do have overlap here. Mark, what's your first exposure <laughs> to this band? So my exposure to pet symmetry comes out of the specific corner of the musical world that i love the most which is the punk and ska and punk ska adjoining scenes specifically asian man records so if if mike park and or jeff rosenstock has touched it you're probably in that room correct yes (laughs) so there was a run of time where mike park operated something he called the asian man record club where you sent that man 150 dollars and he sent you 12 vinyls and some bonus over the course of a year hell yeah it was great and it had some really established stuff in there and also like 10 out of the 12 were just new releases for that year like you were just getting whatever asian man was putting out that year and one of the bonus things he sent along just as a throw-in for members of the record club was that seven incher you were talking about yeah so that is how i found pet symmetry in 2013 was mike park sent me a seven incher with a real cute dog on the cover (laughs) 
You oh man, that dog's adorable. You, you I am jealous of you having that seven. I have to, here's the here's my like listener. I have these songs, which are some of my favorite songs from this band, on vinyl. I have it on the uh, the Pet Symmetry collection like mm-hmm. compilation that they put out whenever they put that out. But guess what part of that vinyl skips for me? Oh, G- no. Guess which part? <laughs> yeah, it's in these two songs specifically. So that sucked, but I still own it, and like I just like having own it. I can yeah, stream yeah, it. Yeah. I can listen to it on my on my computer or whatever else. I don't have to listen to it on vinyl. I just like physically being able to say, "Look, I own this piece of music." Yes. Uh, and I supported my. Let's see, I supported the bands monetarily with my money. <laughs> and it's I'm such a good, such a good seven inch review, even though it exists in a genre that I'm less familiar with. I certainly listen to some pop punk, although I tend to listen more to like the crusty and grimy corners of punk than I do the real anthemic pop stuff. Sure. But this album, those two songs, those two songs were so good that it's just, I guess I like this band now. I'm just, I'm a fan of this band based solely on how good these two songs, and granted, those are the only two songs they had out at the time, but then they put right. out an album as you said that album also well, very good we're going to talk about that here real soon you can't see me listener but i'm adjusting the middle of my glasses <laughs> like i'm in an anime uh technically i think boldly going nowhere was the first song they put out mm, that feels which right that predates feels right. Yeah, the seven inch but yeah but like ostensibly this is like the first thing you most people were exposed to with this band and man, they really get you right out from the onset. Let's talk actually, because the way we're doing this particular mm-hmm. episode, we're not just looking at that first album, which is a whole incomplete right. work of 10 songs, but rings in at like 25 yes. minutes. So we're also tacking right. on that uh, two side seven inch or that kind of double single. And we're going to talk about that as well. And you will hear when we're talking about it, it just comes right out of the gate at you. Just like the opening lick of the guitar and the opening couple of words and you're in i mentioned to mark before we got started i was like yeah this record is like 25 minutes long (laughs) because (laughs) it's like primarily written by them dowsing boys and they write like two minute long fucking songs most of the time (laughs) for sure one of them's like a minute long it's it's a it's a real it does not overstay its welcome i will say that uh but also because our like exposure to this band and like in the early days of our friendship we were talking about that seven inch yeah yeah, um, like oh, not. I mean, not like the. I like we've known each other for a long time, but when we we decided, okay, I guess we're gonna be like good yeah. friends now. You know, with like you know, you know, whenever you've had a, a few dates and <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, I think this is gonna work out long term. We have one of those moments. I think there's a like, future here for this relationship. I think we, I can see myself being happy in a relationship like this in the <laughs> in the future. And how uh, right we sure. were. No, we were because it turns out we're the same person. So, <laughs> music taste aside, we're the same person. It's that sappy quote from uh, Wedding Crashers: "True love is a soul finding its oh, counterpoint man. in another." Something like that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's what sprang to Why mind not? when you said we were the same person. I, do, I, do, I, here's the thing is I, I feel almost like proudly can say I've never seen Wedding Crashers. <laughs> I'm not going to say that, it's, uh, it's a movie that anybody needs to watch, but I, have I don't it. think it's high art, but like, I understand <laughs> why that would be a cultural touchstone for people of a certain age, for sure. My age, to be clear, sure. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not yucking in anybody else's yum age wise. Uh, it's just one that I missed. Look, I still think about and quote the movie role models on a not wow. irregular basis. Wow. I know, I know, but 
every time I say the word Minotaur, I have to say it like <laughs> Minotaur <laughs> every time. Uh, yeah, not a great film, but sometimes those lines get stuck in your yep. head, and that's just one. That and the gun is his dick. Get it? That that cracks me up. So I don't know. I don't think anyone should watch anything that Sean William Scott is in. That's just sure, kind of sure. where I land. <laughs> and yet the gun is his dick is, is evergreen in my mind. Anyway, not talking about movies. It's not what we're here to do. Uh, <laughs> we may, we, what we're here not to do. We're actively here to avoid doing that. And yet we got somehow got pulled back into it for all of two seconds. All this to say, we're going to listen to this the, this two song seven inch prior to the actual record so what we've done is we've made a playlist for y'all if you don't own these at home which is a spotify playlist of like the two songs from the single the seven inch two songs about cars two songs with long titles and then the 10 song full length immediately after that so in the podcast we're not going to take a break in the middle and start it up twice this is just how we've decided to go about this. We're going to count down and then we're going to do right. those first two songs. And then like, if you need to like swap a vinyl out, like we still have timestamps in the description so you can sync right back up however you choose to listen. And so. worth noting that from a ranking perspective, we're not considering these two songs mm-hmm. part of the album. They're correct. Singles are not getting ranked. We just like them and we want to talk about them. <laughs> Listener, this is not even going to really play into the shape of the show much. We just really like those songs and we're finding any excuse to listen to them together on mic. <laughs> If you haven't listened to the show before, uh, we're going to listen to it all live together, like I just explained. So we're going to count down three, two, one, go and press play on go. So if you need to get everything in order, you need to pull up that playlist in the description below. Do that now. And uh, Mark, are you ready on your end? I am ready. All right. I will count us down with three, two, one, go. We will press play on go. Three, two, one, go. Carol's going to turn into dust, Mark. Not to sing into this microphone in front of my face while this song that, plays. That is the hardest part of the show. <laughs> I, I, had, I had to mention this to Sun. I probably had to mention it to Jake on that last episode. Hardest part of this show was not singing along into Mike. Luckily, we edit the show so we can just trim that out. But... <laughs> yeah, what's the title of this song, Mark? This song is a detailed and poetic physical threat to the person who intentionally vandalized my 1994 Dodge Intrepid behind Kate's apartment. Incredible. Great, great song titer. God, if we were including poll lines in our poll <laughs> quote up top of the, this podcast, we really are both drawn to have you ever felt your perfect teeth make connection with the Chicago concrete? Yeah. And the dual vocals there are so strong. The, the chorus is so clean and so good. Mm. Yeah. Production is incredible. On yeah. It's, it's real good for what it is. I don't know. This, you can feel through all their material how much fun these boys have making music <laughs> together. It is palpable, Mark. Yeah. If somehow that's not come across in the music proper for you, for folk who like keep up with audio tree sessions that drop on the YouTubes or on mm-hmm. like Spotify, go to YouTube and find the Pet Symmetry audio tree session. 
It's like seven years old at this point, but I still revisit it at least like once a year. It it is mm-hmm. so it, it's it's one of their best. I think it's so palpable how much fun <laughs> that those boys have whenever they're playing together. Man, they go in and out of that bridge so quickly and seamlessly. Mm. It's ridiculous. Yeah, again, these songs are do not overstay their welcome. <laughs> they rock it through. The the fucking woes. Yeah. So good. <laughs> They're so good. When you do a woe, you run the risk of uh, like it being trite and alienating and just being filler. Not not, not this one. <laughs> nope. It just feels real fucking good to sing along to. We're halfway through this single. We're out. We're out already on that song. Mark, what's this one called? Please don't tell my father that I used his 1996 Honda Accord to destroy the town of Willow Grove, Pennsylvania in 2002. God, I love these titles. (laughs) Willow Grove is about two hours from me. Yeah. Evan and Eric are from Jersey. Mm, so yep. like they're just right by Philly and <laughs> and you're on like a lot the other of good like punk emo whatever bands from that weird corner mm-hmm. where Philly and Jersey yeah. and New York come together. It's just a real it's to this day is a real solid scene. Oh yeah. It is low key one of the reasons that like Philadelphia is a city I could see myself living in if I had sure. a choice of where to live. It's just mm, it's so many good fucking bands just yeah. right out of that era. And then like Evan and Eric and Marcus all live in Chicago now. I'm pretty sure okay. that's still the okay. case. I know Marcus is from Chicago and like that's one of my favorite places in this country. So like it, sure. <laughs> it, which also has an incredible music scene. So it's just like, it was going to be good. These boys were going to get together and make music and it was going to be good. <laughs> we got some horns for you. Yeah. How about that? I'm just vibing. I'm just yeah. <laughs> enjoying myself. Again, and this will be true for, I think, all of the Pet Symmetry stuff we talk, we talk about, but the production value on this little two-song seven-inch. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Because of what it is, yeah. I, like, I'm in awe of how immaculately it's mixed. The line, we were just overprivileged youth seeking something to do, absolutely hits home. Oh. <laughs> it's... Evan Weiss is... One of my favorite lyricists, mm. uh, not so low key. <laughs> and like, we were talking about trying to find pull quotes right before we started on this yep. episode. And we were both kind of struggling with like, can we do a pull verse? Yeah. Can we do a pull chorus? Cause it's it, tricky to pull out a single good line because the lyrics come in chunks yeah. and they weave one into the other. It's real good. He's good at what he does. Yep. (laughs) 
And that's it. We're out of the EP and we're moving on to the actual album from 2015. So this is my exhausted month of May in parens. There's a lot of puns you may notice in the album titles of this particular album. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of parentheticals for this. Yes. If you want to qualify them as emo, uh, it, like some people like to fight over genre classifications. Sure. Yeah. But, but I think just between just on song title pedigree aside from where these other folk come mm-hmm. from in terms of their other bands, uh, just song title like alone, you that's hard to deny that this is a ding dang emo band. <laughs> The the last two songs were like uh, half a paragraph long, and all of these have parentheses. (laughs) That's a good line. It's good line after good line. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I like the vocal quality on this track, too. Yeah. I mean, as you noted, he's got a good voice, but there's a little bit of a different mix to it here, a little bit of a different treatment to it, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. How familiar are you with any of Evan's other material? Only moderately. Like, I've, I listened to some uh, There, There, There following up on Finding Pet Symmetry. Uh, and when, sure. I, when they show up on Spotify playlists or whatever, I enjoy them, but, like, I am not. I don't have a high level of familiarity with it. Sure. This is the band that you know, Evan Rome. Correct. Yep. That makes sense. We are on to give thanks. Perrin's get lost. Yeah. Just we open up with this dissonant ass chord <laughs> and feedback and just gnarly shit. We got more dogs on this album cover, by the way. We do. <laughs> we got. The, I saw. I saw somebody when we were searching for uh, album views for this. Somebody being like, "Yo, this album cover sucks." <laughs> and I I don't know that they're wrong, right? But it has a charm to it. It does. It does. <laughs> And we mentioned that the, the a lot of the song titles are puns or references to other stuff. Even the album itself is very clearly a nod to Pet Sounds, the semi-famous Beach Boy album. Yeah. There's a lot of, like, goofy word humor going on. <laughs> You've never heard of them, the Beach Boys? Yeah, you know, the Beach Boys, John Stamos' band. This little John Stamos' band. Little indie project you may have uh, <laughs> may have never heard of before. Um, the Beach Boys. <laughs> I know we can't spend this whole album just saying that's a good lyric. That's another good lyric. But man, this second verse is real solid. Yeah, I just anytime you want to praise lyrics from a genre, <laughs> I'm a big fan of. I just get to sit back and be like, told you, I fucking, I know what I'm talking about. I know quality, Mark. Because you famously are not like, 
Emo's not a genre you seek out to listen to. No. no. I like to posture as a guy who doesn't like emo because I think it's fun and funny to have strong opinions uh, when joshing with your friends. <laughs> sure. Uh, I do not like doing that anywhere with people I don't know because it's lame to have strong, angry opinions on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like... It'd be disingenuous to say I don't like emo as a genre. It is not my like if I'm if I'm categorizing music that I like, emo's not super high on the list, but there are plenty of emo bands I enjoy and plenty of songs from bands that I don't enjoy that I really like. So you know, it's fun to it's fun to pretend like I don't like emo, but there's a lot of good stuff under that umbrella. Yeah. I still think against all odds, it's it still gets a bad rap. It's still recovering from like the mall corification of the yeah. mid-2000s. I do think there is an association of like mall goths and emo. <laughs> yeah. In the, in the public general public consciousness, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I see people be like d- d- my favorite emo bands, top 10. D- okay. I'm going to shut up. We'll get back to this, but go outside, <laughs> stare at the sun. Go just outside, started. Stare at the sun is mm-hmm. on. Yeah, this is maybe my favorite song from this record. The whatever, like the phonetic rhythm of blurring, bleeding, eye sockets, slurring is just like candy mm. to my ears. Oh, it's so good. He can turn a fucking phrase. Yeah. <laughs> How come I'm a wreck shouldn't flow that well? Yeah. He makes it work. He makes it work. But that shouldn't be a good first opening line uh, for a chorus, I feel. <laughs> and yeah. That's another whoa, whoa that's really fun. Like when you're singing this song in your car and you've got it playing real loud and you're just mm-hmm. letting your voice go, that whoa, whoa is it leading into relax is super fun to sing with. Hell yeah. I don't know. He does this thing that the Wonder Years do, and so I I like it in that it's this amalgamation of broad concepts through hyper-specific situations. And Mm. when a band can do that, definitely, I fucking love it. It can make something that, like, even if, like, you've never personally been in that situation, you've been in that uh, kind of a situation. Right, yep. Enough to, like, the spirit of the thing comes through and it doesn't matter whether you've been standing at the specific street corner in a Philly neighborhood. (laughs) We're on to class action force useless tools. Now just rocketing through this very short and very good album. (laughs) We're zooming. I do think there's something to the songs. Great (laughs) to note what you were saying about emo having kind of a bad rap from its mall goth era is the same thing that I often, Uh angrily rail about when people make the same one joke that they have about ska music right right uh, which yeah. is to say for very good reasons everyone still associates ska with like basically real big fish and you know checkered plaid black and white and like a very specific thing uh and the mm-hmm. industry grew past that and is now 
like that genre is full of so many fascinating and interesting bands doing really cool stuff uh, and it's an incredibly like progressive and intersectional scene right now but to be a 40 year old white man saying out loud i like ska invites a lot of mozzarella stick jokes and i think emo has its own version of that yeah and i think you make a lot of those like there's this weird like at least from the communities that we came from i feel like there's this weird tension between like the ska scene and the emo scene yeah for, like yeah. a little brick of time they're really was. like yep <laughs> and because of those like weird overproduced assumptions about what this the monolithic version of this thing is right and so you have people who listen to real big fish and i don't i are yelling cheer up at emo's kids and like yes have you listened but did did you listen to cheer up because that's a sad record i don't understand why (laughs) that's your pull that's weird yep do you not hear the lyrics because trumpets are happening? <laughs> you know, emo also has trumpets, right? <laughs> <laughs> this song's great. This is maybe my second favorite mm. "Fuck the Cop" song that Evans written. The yeah, the line uh, "useless tools to choose for useless tools in blue." Mm. Real so good. good, so good. Yeah, this fucking, they start the song with like, I got tased by the police. Yep. (laughs) Like, yeah. My favorite of his being the bully becomes a bully police story version two from 52 weeks. Ah, it's great. (laughs) We're on to use your illusion three. Knock, knock, knock in on Evan's door. A plus song titles all the way down. Fantastic. And a wonderful allusion to Guns N' Roses in there. <laughs> Guns N' Roses and uh it wasn't that uh that's a is that a Dylan song? I think that's a Dylan song. Yeah, yeah. I think you right? are right. Use your illusion is GNR. I know it's not theirs. <laughs> Use your illusion, yeah. For sure. I'm not a hair metal guy. I think that's been well established on previous episodes. <laughs> that's mine where I'm like, grow the fuck up. <laughs> that's the, that's my genre. Where I'm like, really? <laughs> See, there I, may not be a like worse that's... song in the world than, uh, oh, who did talk dirty to me? Poison? Poison's uh, talk dirty to me? That sounds like poison. That's the dumbest song. <laughs> But why are we talking about that? We can talk about how incredible this song is. I love the drums on this song right. specifically. Mm. Yeah. Mark, I'm going to I'm going to get you into into it over it. It's going to happen. All right. <laughs> drums are even better over there. <laughs> So in general, in all genres, I'm a sucker for a good bridge, but man, it's, so I don't know if this is a, a Weiss thing or a pet cemetery thing. Cause as aforementioned, not as familiar with the rest of his stuff, but they, uh, they use bridges like lethal weapons in their songs. They're so, they sneak into them. They erupt out of them. That's just so the structure of this these is, songs for short songs are so good. 
Let me tell you, Kirsten. <laughs> emo songs have killer fucking bridges because they understand the assignment. Sure, sure. They understand that they want to get you to that emotional peak and then make you fucking cry. <laughs> and that's what a bridge is for. And that's what the bridge is for. It's to, it, <laughs> for my money. This is I've talked about this on the podcast before. That's where you cut the bullshit. Right. You use your poetic language for like the first first verse into the chorus. The chorus is like a nice wrap up of like a nice little thesis statement. Maybe you don't have all the context for it, but you just make sure it's a cathartic thesis statement for the song as a whole. Then you do your second verse to reiterate and expound on the ideas of that first verse to help reinforce it. At least this is all the music I like. I'm not saying there's one way to do this. This is how whenever I sit down to write music or I consume music, these are the things I listen for. Things that jive with me. And then your bridge comes in usually about two thirds of the way through your song where if you were writing a screenplay, you'd be like entering your third act. And you drop the pretense and you just tell the fucking <laughs> listener what you've been hinting at the whole time. And that break in vulnerability between the veiled language and the direct mm. language sells the listener on what the fuck the song's about. And then you roll right back into that cathartic thesis right. statement of a chorus. <laughs> so they just they are really good at weaponizing that pop formula. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just as a genre as a whole, I feel. We've moved on to spatial X perception. No sleep till mm-hmm. bedtime. <laughs> I love no sleep till bedtime. It's so <laughs> it's good. A very ridiculous joke. Yeah. <laughs> Chunks of this song are real, real poppy in some very satisfying ways. I, I like the whole record, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find favorites because so much sure. of it is good. I'm going to get you into, into it over it, though, because if you like the drums here, <laughs> in particularly like the Adam Beck era of Into It Over It, I feel. Okay. Ah, incredible drumming. <laughs> incredible fucking drumming. It's so good. And he plays drums in a Sincere Engineer now, who's Mm, another one of my favorite bands. Anywhere he pops up, I love it. Underappreciated drummer in the scene today. They do this bit here at the end of this, like, outro where it bends into the flat. Mm. Where they do bedtime, and I love it. <laughs> On to aisle or window, which weirdly might make a sneaky case for my one of my top songs on this album. Mm. Okay, okay. I'm learning. I'm learning what Mark likes. <laughs> I have no explanation for that. I just this song connects real like. This whole album does, but this song just connects right away. It starts and I'm in. In the same way that those sure. two songs from the uh, Seven Inch we were talking about those. Yeah.
we're just listening to it that's this we're just like <laughs> that, is, that is true i got i got caught up in that second verse which is so good yeah. i said i love this song so much and then i just stopped so i could listen to how much i love this song <laughs> <laughs> yeah you said shut up <laughs> we're gonna listen real quick <laughs> This is a quick one, too. This song clocks in, I think, under a minute and a half, right? This is the one that rolls just right into the next song, I think. And mm. I always think they're a single song. <laughs> that is a good transition. That drum transition between tracks. Real slick. This is Serial Killer Relic Lyric, which is just Serial Killer <laughs> yeah, it's Serial backwards. Killer Backwards. <laughs> Yeah, great transition. And it's only like a minute always, long song, so th- it's very easy to see mm-hmm. why you think those two are one song sometimes. Yeah, I, in, in my brain, this is just the outro to the last song. <laughs> the particular way that his voice hits the phrase, I'll burn this fucking house down, is delightful. Mm. That is another There's line that's a, real good to sing at the top of your lungs. Oh, yeah. Th- he has an, a song with Intuit over it that's just like... It's off the EP where he like, I think it's Ten Towns is the name of it. Where he, it, while on tour, he just wrote a bunch of or twelve towns. I don't remember. It's it's some number of towns. Sorry, I'm misremembering right now. <laughs> uh, where he just like wrote a song based off of like his experiences in different towns on a, a tour he was on. Okay. I'll let you get the intro in here. This is Gone, 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 even further gone. A song that I think <laughs> I can confidently say is in fact my favorite on this album. Is, in fact, your favorite? I believe, yeah. I think I can confidently say that now through this re-listen. It is the one I am most likely to pull up like, boy, I just feel like listening to that song. I generally am a guy who listens to albums start to finish. I'm not really a pick out a song guy, but this song will jump out at me. Oh, interesting. I don't think this is one that I would pick out. Just, I I get why you would. (laughs) This feels like whatever your your blunt rotation looks like. This is where you fire that up. Uh, yep. <laughs> I don't know. It's got like this smooth. It's got a bite in the back of its throat. Whatever that means in terms of yep. a song. Anyway, the burning the fucking house down thing. I bring up that EP because there's a song on that that I think you might really enjoy. Where he just talks about like. He hates this fucking bigoted ass town and the people like <laughs> they like he, I think it literally talks about burning fucking like shit to the ground. It's it's real cathartic. I fucking love that song. <laughs> I really love whatever the it's not mellow. Mellow is the wrong word. But whatever mm. that that soft bend that is in the musicality of this song, I don't I don't know how to describe what I'm talking about. I like the sound of this song. Sure. I'm sure it's in a very particular like scale. And maybe you can add us about it, listener, sure, as to yeah. why it like this very particular uh, tone works. 
I don't know if it's like a diatonic or whatever the fuck. Right. I didn't, I'm not a theory boy. Uh, I think that's pretty clear. It is not necessarily their strongest lyrically. It's very fun. Mm-hmm. Like you said, it's, it does feel kind of yeah. like a bit of a weed song in, in, in the way it rambles. Uh, but musically, it just re- and and musically, including like the sound of his voice, it just really, really works for me in a very satisfying way. I think there are sure. other much yeah. stronger lyrical uh, songs on this album. Yeah, we were talking about smoking in the song. That helps. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But phrases like "a conversation for the unfocused foreign land" that you could call my brain—that is definitely like. That is a lyric that hits you particular when you're high. It's a very good lyric, and it's also a lyric to be like, yeah, man. Yeah, man. <laughs> like, totally. Now we're, we're at done with this record, aren't we? Salad Days Seeing Cred. The final song on this here record. It's zooming. It went by so fast. Yeah. There's a line in here in the chorus, formerly you were so warm, that is, whew, love it. Mm. I think you're going to like into it over it, Mark. <laughs> I'm making it my mission because it's just, it's just more of Evan being real good at what he does. Mm-hmm. But then like, what if the guitars and drums were like three times as good? <laughs> <laughs> no shade to like, sure. Uh, obviously the very, very good artists working on this album. <laughs> yeah. We, we very clearly really love what's going on here. It's just a different flavor. Over there. <laughs> Back to just listening, because this is very good. Yeah, look. Yeah, the closet companion can soar with me. Well, formerly you were so warm. That's good. Yeah, That's just good. like the the soaring, soft nature of his voice hitting those. I love, especially the back end of that lyrical couplet. Just love it. I just love it. Mm-hmm. He's got a good fucking voice. Really does. It just sounds like Ben Gibbard has been through some shit, <laughs> and, like in the best way possible. <laughs> ben Gibbard, perpetual sad boy of Death Cab for Cutie. It feels sure. like... If you, you threw him on the mean streets of Chicago and he got tased a few times, sure. <laughs> now <pops laughs> Evan Wise, who's just like bitter and upset, and you can feel that bite in his voice underneath all this like very silky, smooth mm-hmm. delivery otherwise. And that is like really in a lot of ways. In this song? It's certainly not unique to emo, but that is what emo has going for it. When the genre is at its best, it is that ability to marry very complex emotions and lyrics with really interesting, sometimes soft melodies. Like it, that, the genre does really, really shine in its ability to sort of put those things together. And I think Evan Weiss is is clearly uh, 
like a leading example of that in this era of emo. Yeah. Evan Weiss in general, we've, I feel like we've just, I've been just sucking the student's dick the entire podcast. Sure. But like, I think he's underappreciated in this like mm-hmm. fourth wave, like Evo revival scene of like the early 2010s. Yep. People talk about modern baseball still. People talk about this band and that band. People talk about Tiger Shop. People don't really talk about Into It Over It that much, at least in the spaces that I'm familiar with. Obviously, like people enjoy him. A lot of those like modern baseball, those, those boys love Into It Over It. It just feels like it gets it gets missed. It doesn't get he doesn't get his the do I think he should be getting. I kind of feel the same way about like that like late 2000s or no, early 2000s rather late 90s early 2000s period where like the American baseballs of the world were mm-hmm. American football sorry I'm, I'm my brain's not working because sure. I was talking about <laughs> modern baseball I was going to go American football sorry they weren't underappreciated for a long time it was really only like in the late like 2000s that people really went back and started grokking that like record. People didn't really take to it when it first came out. I just feel like he gets overlooked. He's he's a a better musician who's contributed more to this scene than I think he gets credit for. That's the end of the album, man. We are done. Yeah. <laughs> that went by so fast. Yeah. They all Mark. Here's the thing about this version of the show: they usually do. They usually go by way faster than we think they're going to going in. Sure, but this sure. one especially because it's like thirty minutes, nothing. <laughs> How you feeling about it? How you feeling on this this release? Yeah, again, of all of them, it's the one I'm most familiar with. So I had an easy time. This was a good one to ease me into the sophomore slump brand because mm-hmm. i know this album i like this album i have some comf- comfortable and confident opinions on this album but those opinions largely are just hey this album real good <laughs> real good album. yeah it's musically tight and well produced it's lyrically sound and as we've said several times evan weiss's voice is just great it's just great more than anything you can tell how much like these three individuals tremendous tremendous production uh, just across mm. the board for like a three piece it's incredible that they like everything sounds as full and, and glorious as it does uh, as the best three pieces do it you can just tell how much fun these boys are having to get yeah i'm i'm glad you came on and, and did this i'm glad i was able to convince you me too it's i had a lot of fun and yeah. i was really trepidatious of doing sophomore slump because i enjoy a lot of music and i spend a lot of time listening to music like a lot of time listening to music mm-hmm. But I am not particularly confident in my musical opinions or tastes. <laughs> I recognize I have, at best, controversial opinions about movies. <laughs> so uh, so I, I feel you there, uh, walking into a podcast and feeling like you're out of your, you're woefully uneducated and out of your element. The, the thing about like this version of the show, Mark, is I think like everyone has that, everyone that I've done it with so far at least, is trepidatious about it mm. until we start listening to a record, and then it very quickly just becomes we're hanging out and listening to a record. Yep. 
Yeah. Well, see, that I can get behind. Hanging out with my friend Dan and listening to music is yeah. a great thing to do. And it turns out you're barely recognizing the fact that you're on a podcast <laughs> if you didn't have to stop and introduce every song. Sure. Like, sure. That's, that's the only thing that's in the back of your mind about podcasting during this. The rest of the time, you're just like, what do you think about this song? Isn't this song cool? What do you like about this? Hey, this lyric's pretty, pretty <laughs> dope, right? Right? Check out this drum part. Oh my god! You see that transition? It's just you just get to like you're twelve again, yeah. and you just brought home a CD from the store with your friend. You're like, yo, you I got the new insert cool music. music that you like listening to here, and you get to put it in and just listen to it together. That's what yeah. that's what I'm trying to create here. <laughs> That's the vibe we're going for. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had a really good time. I'm glad you talked me into it because I think we're going to have fun with this little uh, unexpected bonus sophomore slump run. I don't know. It's kind of like a we're stuck in limbo right now until the writer and actor strike is over. And this seemed like a good way to fill that space. We're not quite launching into like a season five or like four and, right. four and a half season four so, and a half season four point five. <laughs> yeah. It's just we're we're extending out the <laughs> the sophomore slump run that we've been doing in the summer <laughs> the last few years. Except for we actually took a break. Can't believe this all happened the way that it did, and that this is this is what we're doing. But I couldn't be happier that we are because I had a blast. <laughs> Speaking of having a real good time with this uh, sophomore slump run, what's next? Oh, well, next up we'll be listening to the follow up to this record, 2017's Vision. The Third One Sucks is a Retrograde Orbit radio production. If you like the show, the best thing you can do is tell your friends and make sure to rate and review it on your podcast platform of choice. It really helps us out. If you want to get in touch or share suggestions about what we could cover in the future, you can contact us on Twitter at the Third One Sucks or email us at thethirdonesucks at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening, and we'll see you again in the sequel.